Welcome, everybody, to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host. My name is Ray Falcon. I am here with my brother, Deontay. Deontay, what a pleasure, man. It's, it's good, good to have back, you back. Man. It's been a long time. It's, it's been, been a, a long time. So my brother, yeah, yeah. My brother just got promoted on base, so, you know, he's a really busy man. So that's the part of the reason why uh, you guys haven't been seeing him regularly on the podcast. But today, I just want to introduce a very special guest. Um... He is currently doing a revival at the church, at the Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church under Pastor James Rosario. And um, let me let me be the first to say that the first time that I've encountered Pastor here, uh, a traveling evangelist, but uh, he has such a profound insight, such a solid um, doctrinal word, man, that and you could just literally feel the spirit behind every word, truly. Uh, we were at the marriage retreat. And uh, this is the first time that I've encountered uh, Pastor Puglisi. And um, let me be the first to say, man, me, me and my wife were truly blessed. Uh, we were able to get past some things that we, we, we felt like, man, it was going to take maybe another year. No, it just took a service. And uh, I'm grateful to God for that. Uh, so without further ado, our special guest, uh, Pastor Puglisi, Glenn Puglisi. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing mighty fine. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on to the Real Life well, Podcast. for having me. Okay, so I just want to get straight to it, man. Um, tell us a little bit about your testimony, because I'm intrigued, because the way that you present the word uh, and the way that you go about it, I mean, it's, you're obviously pretty pretty solid in the word. You've been around for a very long time, um, and um, I just want to know how God brought you into the kingdom. How did you get saved? Well, um, it really began at 16 years old because that was the first time I ever heard the gospel. And uh, it happened to do with a relationship I was involved in. And I just tagged along to a little Pentecostal church. And um, at first it meant nothing to me and uh, really didn't do anything for me. It really didn't make me think twice. <clears throat> but uh, we, we continued to go to that church on and off again. And there was a particular morning that I don't even remember what was said. I don't remember what the context. I just remember that morning, for whatever reason, something about what the man said impacted me, made me start thinking about actually being saved. And um, it was a process from there um, between my life starting to spin out, probably because God was dealing with me, and um, me joining the military to kind of get away from life, I guess you could say, and uh, kind of my surroundings. And, and God kind of met me actually in basic training. Um, I already had enough of uh, preaching that was done that I, I was already under the dealing of God, but it was in basic training of all places that I actually made a commitment to Christ. But because I didn't really have any foundation, no church, you're, you're there in training, um, I kind of spun out a little bit, but I remember going uh, back to the preacher after getting out of my advanced training, and I went straight to the preacher's house, and he prayed with me a prayer of salvation. And by then I was 18 years old. He prayed in the living room, and so, you know, prior to all that, I, you know, I mean, I was a sinner like everybody else. wasn't really bound in drugs. wasn't an alcoholic. Had both my parents all the way till they passed away. Uh, but, you know, if I had a middle name that I would have given myself, it would have been misery. And that really drove me 
to the cross, that and a message I heard by a preacher on the subject of hell that just haunted me. And, um, you know, I was raised believing in reincarnation. Somehow you're going to come back in another life and make it all work and perfect it. But the gospel overrode all that. God got a hold of my heart. And at 18, I got saved, radically, radically saved. I was going to do a career in the military, but uh, God called me to preach. And, and that way overrode any other ambitions in life and just started going forward from there. And then here you are in Colleen. In Colleen, yep. Um, uh, doing a revival. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I just think that God is so amazing. He saved you many, many years ago. Uh, I've been saved for about 15 years. But um, the first 10 years of my conversion were spent in prison, behind uh, prison walls. And I would have never thought within my wildest dreams, Deontay, man, that I would be... In a, in a town called Colleen, military town. Yeah. Uh, in a little church, you know what I mean? Well, not little anymore. I mean, we're a pretty good church. And and just encountering different people uh, that had been saved uh, by Jesus Christ the same as I was. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, a tremendous blessing that you got all walks of life coming together. And we're all being touched in some way by, you know, what God has done for us. I just think that's amazing. It is, yeah. I mean, you and I would have nothing in common outside of the gospel. <laughs> really, truly don't, yeah. don't, man. And thank God that uh, we truly do have stuff in common. Yeah. You know, now that we have the same Father, you know, Christ died for the both of us. The same, uh, uh, two different ministries, I'm sure, but uh, we're all doing the same thing. We're all working together to do the same thing. Yeah, get yeah. so saved, you know. Yeah. Um, so. When did you get launched out initially? Like when 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 did that take place? And when it did, man, were you nervous? Uh, what what all went down? All right. Well, um, first of all, I was saved in 1986, and so I got married in 1990, and I got sent out in 1992. And I didn't really get sent out, as they would say. I was I took over the church I was saved in, so I literally went from the front chair the pulpit wow i got sent up (laughs) yeah and so that was uh yeah the day that my pastor called me i was at work and you know it was a small church maybe 40 people and i was kind of me and my wife were really laboring to build that church and i was of the mind i'll never get sent out because this church will never get there and so the call comes and they're asking me to take over that church that was not my wildest dream wow and so I told him I got to talk to my wife. And so their Thursday night at Prescott Conference, he's getting announced to go overseas. And so I get home and I tell my wife, and she's pregnant with my oldest daughter, and she just starts crying. And so I knew, though, in my heart of hearts, this was God giving me the opportunity to preach. And so I wasn't going to say no. I was scared. Yeah. Um, you figure my the guy that followed up on me was in the church. The guy that was at one time my roommate was my church. A girl that I had a small dating experience with was in the church. And, you know, now you're going to be the pastor. So wow. uh, that's how it all began, 1992, yeah. And I bet that it's it's um, it's somewhat of a roller coaster ride to deal with people. Now, I know that, uh, you know, when I, was in, when I was in prison serving God, you know, I, I wasn't, you know— I wasn't a pastor or anything like that because in there, there is not that stuff. You know what I mean? There's no pastor. There's no evangelist. There's only, 
Christ and the brothers, and you know, then, you know, they typically follow people that are, you know, grounded in the word of God, you know. So dealing with people, like you have a very deep insight about marriages, obviously. Um, you, you know about insecurities and fears and things like this. So when you deal with people initially, um, have a man, um, how do you do it, man? Like, uh, of course, you know, you have the love of Christ, but does it ever get hard to deal with people that are really, that are broken, man, that are saved, but they need to get delivered? Yeah, I think, you know, you're looking at something now that has been a process of 30 years of ministry. Um, I know my inadequacies. I know my weaknesses. I know the areas that I know very little about. So I'm, I'm not deluded to what my weaknesses are, but, um, it's process that God takes you through. And every, you know, every church is another thing that God puts in you. Uh, every counseling session is another piece of wisdom, something you could have done different, a mistake you made. I can tell you right now, the first four and a half years of pastoring, oh my gosh, I made so many mistakes. It was just like one after the other. And so when we moved on to the ministry, uh, and eventually took over another church. I had all that as a reference point. Okay, you blundered in all these areas, and so you're going to repeat those types of scenarios, just different faces. People are people, you know. So you're going to try not to make those same mistakes. You, it's, that's what wisdom really is. It's experience in some ways, you know. And uh, and I think a real acceleration happened. You know, we had pastored 17 years, and then we were asked to go on staff in El Paso, well, that's a leadership church and her leadership pastor. And um, it ended up being a 10-year time frame. Wow. Uh, and, and I have to say the things that were put in me in that time really accelerated something in my wife and I uh, that helps us today. You know, you're, you're dealing with a whole other level of things you've never even dealt with before. You have a pastor with tremendous insight and wisdom and you're there side by side working things through with them. And so it's a culmination. It's a process like anything else. And um, whatever I do have or am deemed as being good at, it, trust me, there was a ton of mistakes along the way to, to get there. And there's still plenty that I got to grow in. And I, and I know what those areas are. So uh, while making these uh, mistakes, um, what helped you get past them? Because... I know that when, when you deal with people and you make a mistake and it, it, it kind of uh, tur don't turn out the way that you planned it to be because uh, you, you kind of did it wrong or whatever, right? Because we're, we're all learning. Uh, it's hands-on training. But when you make mistakes and your heart is for the people, it's got to hurt. It does. You know, redemption's a powerful part of the kingdom, whether it's me redeeming someone or the church using redemption towards the pastor you know churches have to give pastors room to grow and the majority of our churches do that you know they give that room they don't hold everything against you if you do things with the right heart to help people you meant well but you didn't have all the wisdom or maybe you overreacted or whatever all of those are fixable through humility 
the redemptive approach. I've apologized many times to people that I knew that I either overstepped or overreacted or whatever it may have been, or I knew I offended them even though I didn't mean to. I've apologized many a times, and that really is a the saving grace as we go forward. You know, you'll always have people that will hold things against you forever, but you can't do anything about that. Right. right yeah. And so it's about trying to have the heart of God, yes. but we're growing in this thing, mm. you know. I know that when when uh, I when I got saved, you know, I, w- I was called to the prophetic. You know, I was a prophetic uh, anointing place because I wanted it that bad. I w- so if you want anything in the kingdom of God, guys, the Bible says you have to desire it. That's how you get it, man. If you have a strong desire to want something, to do something for God, desire it. That's what the Bible says in Corinthians. You know? And remembering that that desire is for edification. Yes. That's really yes. important. And you know what? And that's it's big that you mentioned that because I wanted the gift, but I was still a wounded, wounded. I was still broken big time. Yeah. God uh, was still um, healing me from a lot of things that happened in my childhood life. So can you imagine, you know, operating in the prophetic with these these things? And I didn't listen very good when people tried to tell me, hey, man, uh, before you start rolling out in the gift, man, I really think that you should take a seat for a little while. And learn from those that have been operating it for a while because if not, you're going to get yourself hurt. You're going to hurt somebody. And uh, I didn't listen, of course, but my heart was like, man, I just want to help people. But what I started doing was I missed the edification part. And it's really easy to be the the, the doom and gloom guy, you know. Oh, yeah. And I, tur- I turned into that guy. And uh, when I started doing more damage than good, I started hurting myself because I started to realize, oh, how come this gift isn't doing anyone any good? I'm, nobody even wants to talk to me anymore, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it hurt. But I, I made a lot of mistakes. And because I was, uh, I was still dealing with a lot of insecurities and a lot of things, it was hard for me to overcome those things because I was – I became that dude. Well, you know what, Lord, you go get somebody else to speak for you. I'm not going to do it no more. I'm done. You know, I can't get it right. But all that's coming from brokenness. You know, all that's coming from, you know, the the fear of failure and rejection and all that. So, yep. so when you ministered on all that stuff, man, I mean, you hit home on a lot of things. And I was like, man, this is so refreshing. So that's why I asked you how you overcame and base it. It's just humility. You know, it's not it's not this profound concoction that you got to put together in order to overcome. No, man, it's just admitting that, hey, man, I, I overreacted a bit or, you know, you're just humbling yourself and you're not afraid to say, you know what? I made a mistake, but uh, this mistake is going to work out for the good. I got something out of this. Yeah. You know, uh, I believe that that's, you know, for every Christian believer, really, to uh, to kind of learn. Lo- and if you're not growing in your walk, then there's an issue. Uh, somewhere because you're supposed to be growing uh, all the time. Right. So I just, uh, this is, uh, we, we we talk a lot. Uh, Brother Deontay can testify as well. Uh, and feel free to speak anytime, brother. Yeah. If you got any questions or anything like that, but feel free right. to. You know, I was just going to add uh, to the part where uh, Pastor Piglesi was talking about, even as a pastor, he was able to humble himself whenever he's seen that he was wrong in certain areas because, like Pastor uh, Renee said in his sermon, you know, um, do you pray for your pastor? Do you uplift your pastor? Your pastor is not, you know, this superhuman guy. He goes through a, a lot of the struggles we go through. But I remember growing up under Pastor Dave Suspansky there in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I looked to him like, man, this guy's indestructible. He probably never goes through nothing. You know, he's 
it's just smooth sailing. But there was a time where I seen him just, you know, break down, you know, and uh, it just showed me that, man, he is actually human. He goes through the same things I go through as far as spiritual battles, you know, and, you know, assaults against him, you know, his life and his, uh, his family. And so just that aspect of seeing him, you know, just cry, you know, and, and break down showed me like, man, you know, here's a guy who, you know, has given his like majority of his life to the, to the call of to Jesus. And, you know, he's human and even just showing his uh, spirit of humility through times where I messed up and, you know, was the, you know, the knucklehead and him just, you know, bringing me to the office and saying, Hey, you did this, you messed up, but you know what, you know, I'm here, you know, to correct you, but I'm also here to give guidance. And that's the, you know, the, besides, you know, the pastor leading the flock is to give guidance to, you know, a disciple. So I learned a lot underneath him, you know, seeing his humility in his heart for, uh, for us as young disciples. Amen. So this is, we, we, we like to talk about the end time things, uh, on this podcast and for a good reason, uh, the name of it, just to give you a little bit of insight. The, it's called the Real Light Podcast. The reason why is because there's a lot of propaganda floating around everywhere um, that claims to be the truth. This is the truth. You know, uh, of course, you got, you know, mainstream media is going crazy nowadays. You can't really just, you know, trust what they say. But one thing that you can trust is the word of God. And that's right. the real light. You know, when we address things and we talk about things and we look at it through a biblical worldview, we always, the re, our reference point for every subject is the word of God. And, and I think that it should be like that for every Christian. So our our aim is to let everybody know and keep reminding everyone, look, the, we are truly in the end times. So I wanted to ask you, um, do you believe that we, that Jesus is coming back very soon and that we are in the end times? And if so, how do you, how do you know that? Well, you figure I got saved in 86 and not that we knew everything about Bible prophecy, but it was a big subject in the fellowship back then. Um, you know, you had all sorts of movies you're showing. I mean, everyone was hyped about the second coming. You know, let's fast forward now all these years and see what we know now versus what we knew then. Well, back then, we could honestly say now there, there wasn't enough of the Bible prophecy fulfilled for Jesus to come imminently, even though we still believed it. Right. Now, uh, we have we have what we call the guru of last days in the El Paso church, Pastor Ernie, and he, he gives updates constantly. If you want to know a lot of stuff, just go to the El Paso website and find his folder, and you want last days, he's constantly. But Ernie. Ernie Lopez and uh, yeah, and so you know he's filled in the gaps. There's really nothing left. Wow. Just God's timing. When does God want to do it? You know, obviously we believe that it's all about souls. So whenever God deems that that work is done of soul winning, That's it. it's ready to happen. Wow. Yep, yeah. it's exciting. It really right. is. Um, <laughs> Very exciting. I, I don't know about, you know, a lot of guys that are out there or the, all you viewers out there, how you feel about Christ coming back. That This is exciting. Uh, What's well, the hope of the church? Yes. Amen. If yep. Christians are afraid of it, there's a problem. Yes. Exactly. And you'll be surprised. Oh, I know. You will be surprised. Yeah. I, man, look, <laughs> let me just be quiet. So <laughs> now 
we 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 always discuss things that happen in the U.S. You know, especially with the you know the president that we have right now, and we get it, we get it. Yeah, you know, God's on the throne. Yeah, we know all that. You know, but it's important for us to watch. You know how these governments interact with one another because these are the signs. Jesus said to watch and to pray. Uh, he don't want us to be ignorant. He always wants us to pay attention. He gave us signs for a reason. You don't just drive down the street and and uh, um, you know just. If you're going uh, to Waco, you know, if there wasn't any road signs and no GPS, you're going to get lost. There's road signs for a reason. And uh, Christ gave us a bunch of signs for us to watch, to see, to tell us how close we are to the end times. And like you said, I mean, we're, we're right there. It, 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 what it boils down to is how, how much more patient is God going to be, you know, and how many more souls need to come into the kingdom before he says, okay, it's done. Yeah. You know, we don't want to lose the imminence. Yes. Of it, by what I'm going to say, um, but he let it go pretty far in Noah's days. Yeah. So it's hard to say. God's long suffering; He's not willing that any should perish. Uh, so it's hard to say. Yes. How far is He going to let it go? Yes. Don't know. The main thing, I guess, is just to be to preach the gospel and to and to stay ready at yeah. all times. At all times. And it's easier said than done, but uh, I always, every single time we talk about the end times, we we always let everybody know, don't get too caught up in the hype. You know, you got to stay focused on the mission. You got to still build. You got to you gotta keep plowing and keep 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 seeking these souls man, uh, until he comes back. Yeah, and handle loosely this life. You know, we accumulate. It's okay. You know, we work jobs. We gain. We buy houses handle loosely don't have such a grip on it that you get diverted to a point that you really aren't awaiting the wow. second coming yeah. you know can you expound on that just a little bit more well like what do you mean by that well you think about i mean we're driven by the material world yes you know and you know we live in a consumer generation especially in america um, you know, what we were 30, 40 years ago and what we are today is totally different. The blessing of God has just flowed into our churches, into people. People that started with nothing in the kingdom now are doing extremely well. And that's all good. It's blessing from God. But how easy is it to get diverted into all of that? And we're so caught up in our homes and our cars and our careers and all of that's good, fine but handle loosely. Right. You know, Paul said it about marriage, but he, he was making a bigger point that, you know, act like you don't have a wife, act like you don't have stuff. Right. You know, I think it was in first Corinthians seven or 11, one of those. And he was simply trying to say, handle loosely, basically, right. you know, I mean, that was the issue of the seven or the 10 virgins, right. you know, uh, foolish and wise. Foolish, it didn't handle loosely. They got right. caught up. They wasted, you know, and uh, and that really, you know, the whole days of Noah. Think about, well, what was the the real highlight that Jesus talked about in the days of Noah? They're marrying, giving in marriage, right? Just living life, drinking, not looking partying. like judgments any day soon. And so that that's the trap because we're human. Right. We have affections; they have to be placed somewhere. And if we overplace them on the material side, 
So I handle loosely. My wife and I had this talk recently, and I honestly do not own anything in my life that if I lost it tomorrow, I would just go into depression over it. Right. I mean, do I want that to happen? Of course not. Right. But honestly, that's an honest truth. Right. We've always lived very, very carefully. Yes. Um, and we could we could liquidate our lives in a very short period and beyond wherever God wants us to go. True, true. So, true. anyway. I mean, there's, there's scriptures of the Bible that talk about that, right? Like Jesus, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> there was a man that, you know, he was getting a, a mass accumulation of, of wealth. Uh, to the point where he was like, well, you know, this one barn, and I'm paraphrasing, guys. Uh, oh, this one barn ain't going to hold it all. There's so much, I need to build another barn. So he's accumulating all this wealth, and he's building another barn to store the more because he's he's increasing. And crisis was like, man, you fool. This night, your soul will be required. Okay, so there was the issue. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So he neglected his soul from the material of life. That's yes. the issue right there. Life is more than the abundance of things you possess. Amen. And so it's not a matter of possessing. There's nothing wrong with possessing. Right. You can possess and still live at a high level for Christ. Amen. But there's a danger. Yes. Beware of covetousness for man's life consists of more than the abundance of things. Amen. Amen. So, so we got to watch out for that. These are these are and these are just, you know, good insights, everyone, for, you know, uh, where we're living in right now. Some of the traps that the enemy sets for us, you know, as, as people of God, don't get it twisted. We're not there yet. We're still in the body of flesh. So we really have to watch out uh, of the things that we get a hold of because we can, we can ultimately get too strong of a grip. Now I understand what Pastor's saying, handle these things loosely. Don't have such a tight grip on these things. You got you to gotta treat them as if they're, they're, they are your blessing, but they don't govern your life. If you lose them, they're not going to steer you away from the things of God or cause you to become, uh, you know, stagnant in your walk or insu in, um, uh, insufficient in your walk at all. Because those things, don't, th those are not the treasures of your heart. Your treasures are the things that God has given you, all the deliverances, the souls that you have, that God has used you to win to the kingdom, and all the progress that you're making in the kingdom of God, helping your church. These are the treasures of the kingdom of God. Those are the ones that the devil can't come in and rob or take. Those are the things that are stored in heaven. So ultimately, uh, that's that's a very good insight because you you are right, especially right now. If you look at the music that uh, that's being put out, Deontay, you know that's this this. It's all about self. You know, it's all about self. You know, uh, the accumulation of things, things that you have, you know, having a good time, all about, it's all centered around self. So it's only right that, you know, we we become very careful about how we go about life and viewing, you know, not just material things, but how we choose to operate as people toward one another because um, we could be pretty selfish people, yeah. you know? Yeah, you think about... Um the the warning, love not the world or the things in the world. And then what does he say? Mm -hmm. He says three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life. the pride of life. Mm -hmm. So that's a summary of what motivates human beings. That's a summary of human nature on display. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things we have to not allow to become strongholds mm -hmm. in living in this world, you know. We live here, we accumulate, we're part of it, uh, but the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. 
and there's a lot to be said in that realm. You'd have to do your own study on it, yes. but uh, there's the warning. Yes, yes. So Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt about. It. There's there's no doubt about it. There's so much going on right now in the world today. It's amazing. It's it's it's. You should be alarmed if you're a Christian. And you're alive in this day and age. This we are the chosen in time generation. Uh, I truly believe with my whole heart, and I say this uh, quite often, uh, Pastor Man, that if 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 God tarries or I, if I don't die, I'm gonna see Jesus come, come walking on the clouds, coming back. That's how close we are. It, it's not a matter of, you know, the, the, the men in the, the 50s, the 60s, hey, the end is coming, the end is coming, and then 2021, some might say, you know, hey, hey, y'all been saying that for 20, 30 years, man. But now we right now we can officially say, man, there's so much knowledge that is accumulating so quickly from the year 2000, from the year 2000 to 2012, if you look at the technical technological uh, advances that have taken place within a ten year span, twelve year span, it's it's mind boggling. From two thousand to two thousand and twelve, I'm talking about like that. the The smartphone came out and everything just 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 snowballed from there. And you're getting such an increase. And the Bible says that in the end times there will be an increase of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And we're literally seeing this unfold before our eyes. And this is just one. This is just one. Uh, for, uh, I'm curious to see, brother, man. I'm uh, I'm gonna go pull him up for the brother from El Paso. Oh yeah, I uh, mean he's deep and very thorough. Yeah, I I I'm I'm very intrigued by by self time. He's probably got thirty or forty sermons on or Sunday schools on the subject. Wow, a lot, wow. very thorough. He just finished one. It's the most current. It's about the current reset you're hearing about yes. and um, reset. world government. He really brought it very well. So you've been married for how long, Pastor? Thirty years. I'm in my thirty-first wow. year. Wow. Yeah. And 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 I'm fresh. I, I've only been married to my wife almost four years now. You know, and uh, um, I love my wife. I love my wife, man. God bless me, man. I am so grateful. And um, so when 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 I see you traveling with your wife. It, that actually inspires me more than you more than you know because uh for a while there man me and my wife man we were butting heads for a while man and but god in his goodness man just if you if christ is the center of your relationship there's nothing that you can't get past you can't i mean eventually you'll you'll break the plane and you'll you'll go a little bit further but when i see you and your wife traveling with one another that just that's amazing man it must, it must be a tremendous blessing having your wife along with you. Yeah, she doesn't get to come with me often. The reason she's on this trip is because the marriage retreat. Ah, uh, and uh, okay. it just doesn't make sense to come to a marriage retreat without your wife, right? <laughs> you know, right? Uh, but she's got a lot of responsibilities back home, and she's not the type that likes to travel a lot. But yeah, when we do get to travel together, it is a blessing. Wow. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Amen. And then uh, you know, Pastor Rosario brought you on, and. I'm grateful to have you, Pastor. Truly, I am truly blessed to have you um, minister to to my marriage the way that you did at the marriage retreat. You got us past something that we were that we were stuck in for about two and a half years. Hmm. God used your 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 insight and your and um, your experience to to give us a breakthrough that we've been praying for for a very long time, and uh, we we've been walking in freedom ever since. 
Uh, and it's only been a short while, but we're keeping that <laughs> because we know we, we were stuck there for a little while. And but, uh, you know, God in his goodness and he he, he broke us through. And uh, we we're, we can't wait to get launched out, truly. Uh, we've already told Pastor, man, look, man, whenever you're ready to uh, uh, shoot the gun, we're ready, man. Here you go. So well, you don't have to be perfect and your marriage doesn't have to be perfect. And that's 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 encouraging because when you think about it, we we cannot we can you can get that mindset. I, I, I almost got it like, man, I got to have it all together and, you know, I got to make sure that I, this and that. And we were married one year when we got launched. Wow. My wife was pregnant with our oldest daughter. We were green. We were still fighting like cats and dogs. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, we got counsel. Yeah. <laughs> we got I mentioned in the marriage treat, I got counsel as a pastor. Well, <laughs> I yeah. did. Wow, man. No shame in that, man. It Amen. helped us. Amen. And that's <laughs> encouraging. That's encouraging because um, well, I, I always perceive that, you know, you, you have to have your marriage in order before you get sent out. Well, there have to be certain things oh, yes. that are obvious that, you know, are moving in the right direction. Right. But no, not not at the level of perfection, we think. Right, right. And and that's encouraging, man. I'm I'm taking I'm taking that, man, because uh, I'm eager to do some things for the Lord. Um, the a pastor put me in the sound room, and to me, it was like, oh man, way in the back. I'm in a dark room back there, a bunch of knobs. I'm like, no, this is a disaster. But it would actually ended up turning out to be an extreme blessing. Back there, I learned so much, you know. And, and truly, you can trust your pastor. If you if you're if you're listening right now and you don't trust your pastor, I encourage you, man, uh, to get in line with your pastor, man. If he puts you in a position, even if you feel like you don't belong there, trust God, trust your pastor that he knows what he's doing, man, and get in there and do the best you can for whatever of in whatever position uh, that you're put in. Uh, you will be blessed. Trust me, I, I speak from experience. So, yes, pastor. So before we end before we end the podcast, I usually ask every Every pastor that comes on, if there was anything that you would like a large group of people to know, what would it be? If you had one message, one thing to say to, to, to a group of people that, that you feel that needs to be said more than anything, what would it be? It would be that God is an amazingly redeeming God. And you say, why do you say that? I spent too many years in ministry uh, and in my own life not understanding redemption. Not that I've obtained it at the highest level. We're always growing, but um, uh, really fumbling around with redemption. And, and one of the things that motivates me now as an evangelist is bringing that tone to everything I do. I'm not interested in digging in the dirt of your life. You have a pastor to do that. I'm not interested in rebuking the church. I'm interested in bringing the church to healing, to hope, to change, you know, um, whatever the message is. I want to make sure it is uh, surrounded by a redemptive tone because we really struggle on that front. And the devil assures that we always think, that we've missed the mark, God's mad at us, we've gone too far, um, there's always redemption. Uh, I think the root of that now is, is number one, my fumbling over the years and 
not having that right in a lot of areas as I preached. Um, but when we had to redeem my oldest daughter, it did something in me uh, as a father. Um, you know, I identify now with the, the parable of the, the prodigal and the father's heart. You know, the issue of that parable was the oldest son's heart was not in line with the father's heart. The father rejoiced when he saw the son that did so much damage. But that wasn't the issue. The issue is my son was dead. Now he's alive. Uh, God did something in me in that realm in the process of redeeming my daughter that shifted a major gear. And, you know, my passion of passions and, and the reason I'm following the life of an evangelist because I never looked at myself as called as an evangelist ever. Uh, it took God a lot of work to get me to bow to this calling uh, is is the theme you hear me preaching. It's all about healing and deliverance. Um, there's so many people sitting in our churches, good, good people, saved, right with God, that are just battling so many areas in their lives that are that need to be free, and that's all about redemption. So... That would be what I would want to share and encourage people with. Powerful, man. Amen. Redemption. Well, I I know that every every evangelist that comes through, they pour out um, whatever God has placed in their heart, mm-hmm. and they and God makes these men very effective. Yep. Almost every I want to say ninety five percent of every traveling evangelist that I've encountered while in the fellowship have blessed me in some way, some form, some shape uh, through what God has put in their heart for the people. Truly, man, it's it's like the, the traveling evangelist is like the cup of cold water to those that have been walking in, in deserted places in their lives. And and these, these men of God just show up out of nowhere and just pinpoint. And the people of God are just like, God does hear me. God does see me. Yeah. Yes, he does see you. Uh, that's that's very important. That's that's. I, I I greatly admire what 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 you do. Truly, um, I um, I covet I covet uh, you know what you do. The reason why is because you help people. If you're not if anybody who calls himself a minister and they don't love people, they 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 should not be there. Love people. I love people. And um, by the grace of God, man, I pray that one day. You know, he'll use my hands the way that he uses yours. And I pray that one day that he uses Deontay's hands to do the same. We're all called to do something in the kingdom of God. What are you called to do? So, Pastor, he brought uh, a strong message of redemption. And it's all about redemption. When I I mentioned a Pastor uh, Lamont Melrose, he was in here last uh, before you. And uh, I told him, man, what do you mean when you, you, you said that you're called to preach the gospel? Right. It's not just street preaching and handing out flyers, right? I mean, that's a big part of it. You want to reach out to people, get people saved. But you're behind a pulpit as a pastor, and you said that you're called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, what does that mean, you know? And uh, he said uh, everything comes down to the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The centerpiece of every sermon should be salvation, the hope. And redemption, absolutely. And if you come at it that way, you'll 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 do great things for God, you know. 
And I, I, I remember those words, Pastor Lamont Melrose, man. God bless you if you're seeing, if you're watching this. Um, so that's it, man. We're running out of time. So Pastor uh, Glenn Puglisi, thank you for coming on thank and, you. and sharing your thank insight. Thank you, Pastor. We appreciate you. Um, we, we're, we're blessed to have you on, man. I, I hope that you come back soon. Truly, man, because I, I, the next time you come on, I'm praying that you come back into the studio. And if you do, uh, I, 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 I've already been inspired to talk about different things with you, man. I already got it. So I'm going to write these things down and I'm going to stand in faith that when you come back, we're going to be talking about these things, man. Right. So, man, we love you guys. Um, we pray in Jesus name. Like if you're sitting right now watching this and if any part of this podcast blessed you in any kind of way, touched your heart or moved you and you feel like God is dealing with your heart. Um, I can tell you right now that, uh, and uh, so we got Pastor Ros <laughs> so we got Pastor Rosario telling me it's time. So if if you got any any of this uh, uh, podcast blessed you in any type of way, I just want to say, give glory to Christ. If you want to bow your heart and give your life to Christ, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross and He rose on the third day, you shall be saved. And it's really just that easy, man. If you feel like you're tired and you just want to, you, you're looking for the change, you know you need to change. You don't change anything. You just come before God the way that you are and let him change. He's ready to accept you into the kingdom of God. If you're tired, ask Jesus into your heart and ask him to change your life. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. God bless you guys. We love you. This is The Real Light. See you guys.